Could we please just read one verse of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 1? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And we trust that God will bless the public reading of his precious word. Now, the word I have in mind for the gospel meeting is a word that's extremely small. Yet the effect that it has had on this world is vast. And it's the little word sin. You see, I've noticed in work and wherever it may be that people just seem to make so light of sin. And they talk about living in sin and a joke, joking and a, a laughing matter. And they don't realize the seriousness of it. You see, it doesn't take effect in their mind the reality of their sin and its defilement against a holy and a righteous God. Sin. We all know the verse, don't we? You know it as well as I do. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. Sin. I want, first of all, to think about the problem of sin. Then I want to think about the punishment or the penalty for sin. And then I want to think about the pardon for sin. The problem of sin. What a problem sin is on this world and how it has affected each and every individual that is born into this scene of time. One exception being the Lord Jesus Christ. He was without sin. In him is no sin. But first of all, I want to think about this problem of sin and the stain that sin has caused. You see, sin has, has marked us. It has caused a stain. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You see, sin, sin has, has marked us and has, has caused us stain before the eyes of a holy and a righteous God. You see, that scarlet or that crimson, it was a little insect that was dyed and the dye was created and the white garment was dipped in and it was taken out. It was just stained. It couldn't be returned to its whiteness. It was indelibly stained. And dear soul, if, if you've never had a time when you've been cleansed, when you've been saved, you're just stained by sin. And sin has marked you. 
and you need to be cleansed. You know, there's only one cleansing agent for sin. Because there's nothing that you can do of yourself to remove any of your stain. No pain or praying or good works can ever remove the stain of sin. Jeremiah 2 and 22, what does he say? Though thou wash thee with nitre and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord. We cannot remove it. There's only one thing that can remove the stain of sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Not only the stain of sin, but the separation of sin. You see, sin has caused us to be at a distance from God. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2. Your iniquities, your iniquities. Just forget for a moment about the sin of the world. Just, dear soul, think about your sin. Your iniquities have separated between you and God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Sin has put you at a distance. And if you're never saved, dear soul, you'll be at a distance from God forever. What did the poet say? When sin first raised its deadly head, it caused a widening span between the man that walked with God and God that made the man. With sense of sin came sense of shame. The naked sought to hide. Instead of fellowship with God, there came a great divide. You might say, how can, I be, how can a man or a woman be brought back to God? How can there be reconciliation? What did God do? He sent his son, his well-beloved. He came, he bled, he died. To reconcile, he paid the price and bridged the great divide. Oh, dear soul, we want to tell you, that sin has caused a separation. But there's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open that all may go in. Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus. Sin has not only caused a stain to your soul and there's cleansing in the blood of Christ, but sin has caused a separation. And because of the death of the Lord Jesus at the place called Calvary, there's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. Not only the stain and not only the separation, but the shackles or the slavery of sin. You see, sin has caused a grip. It has its chains bound around you. What did the Lord Jesus say? He that committeth sin is the servant of sin. Isn't that the reason the Lord Jesus came? For as much then as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of, of the same, 
that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the, de- the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You see, dear soul, if you're in your sins, you're in bondage. And sin has a grip on you. And there's only one who can set you free. For if the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. He's able to break the chains that bind you. He's able to set you free from the power of sin and fit you for heaven and set you on your way rejoicing. The problem of sin, it's stain, it's separation, it's shackles or slavery. What a problem sin has caused. But not only the problem of sin, but the penalty or the punishment for sin. And perhaps just maybe first of all think of the weight or the burden that sin has caused. That well-known text of Scripture Spoken by the Lord Jesus, Matthew 11 and 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, are overburdened. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, there's a weight of sin. That is why I wonder, is there someone here and you just feel the weight of sin? And the accumulation of sins of a lifetime are weighing down upon you. And you would just love for that burden to be taken away. You know, there was one who went to the cross. And there on that cross of Calvary, he bore the burden of sin. He bore the burden that was due to sin. On him almighty vengeance fell. That must have sunk a world to hell. He bore it for a ruined race and thus became our hiding place. Oh, could you sing, dear soul, like the hymn writer, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my, my heart rolled away. Was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Not only the weight or the burden of sin, but the wrath of sin, or the wrath of God against sin. What does the scriptures tell us? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasuring up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Oh, to think, dear soul, that as the days and years pass by, you're just accumulating. You're gathering up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. What's that well-known verse in John chapter 3 and 36? 
He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Abideth. As it were, dear soul, it's hanging over your head, waiting for the day when the judgment and the wrath of God will fall. And the punishment and the penalty for sin will be your portion. But it need not be so, dear soul. For there's one who went to the cross. And there was one who there bore the punishment for sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripe we are healed. The weight and the burden of sin. There's one who bore the burden at Calvary. The wrath of God, dear soul, that hangs over your head. There's one who bore the punishment at Calvary. Not only, not only the weight or the burden of sin, not only the wrath of God against sin, but the wages of sin. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We know the difference between a gift and a wage. A gift is free, but a wage is earned. And you see, the idea is of the soldier. And the soldier would be given a wage. And it was the master who decided what he should get. What, aid, what wage he deserved. And it maybe was money. Or, or goods. Or weapons. Or whatever it was. He was given a wage. And it was his master who decided what wage he was, beget, was given. You see, people, people hear the wages of sin. People are under the mastery of sin. And the wages it hands out is death. And it's eternal death. Man dieth and wasteth away, but where is he? There's coming a day, dear soul, when each of us will come face to face with death. But for some, it's eternal death. That is eternal separation from God forever. In the blackness and darkness of hell and the lake of fire forever. The problem of sin the penalty or the punishment for sin. But the pardon for sin. You know, when I think of pardon, I think of forgiveness. Didn't we read here in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7? In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. How marvellous to know, dear soul, that you can be forgiven. 
Isn't it the psalmist who could say, Blessed or happy is the man whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Not only do I think of forgiveness, but I think of remission. Not only forgiveness of sins, but remission of sins. Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Isn't it a marvelous thing, dear soul, to consider that you and your sins could find yourself in a place if you trust the Savior, if you receive him and obtain everlasting life, that you could be brought into a place of forgiveness and a place of forgiveness and a place of remission of sins. Remission really is pardon. That's our title, pardon from sins, clearance. You know, some people, and maybe they go to university or they, they have a tuition to pay. And for some, maybe it's subsidized and they, they receive a remission. In other words, they only have to pay a part of it. Dear soul, this isn't partial remission. This is full remission. A full clearance. He came that he might put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Remission for sins. To him give all the prophets witness. That to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive the remission of sins. Not only forgiveness and not only remission, but justified. Justification. You see, the Lord Jesus, he came, he came into the scene of time. The Bible tells us that he was delivered for our offenses. And he was raised again for our justification. Paul, he could preach in Acts chapter 13, and what was it he could say? Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. And all who believe are justified by all things, from all things, by which they could not be justified by the law of Moses. You see, the law couldn't bring justification. For by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in thy sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You see, the law tells us where we stand. It shows us our sin. It tells us that we've fallen short of God's standard. Forgiven. Forgiveness of sin. Remission of sin. And justification. Made right with God. 
You might say, how can God justify the sinner? On what grounds can God be a just God and yet a saviour God? For you see, sin is real in all its defilement. And God's holiness is real. And man's conscience and guilt is real. And eternal judgment that lies before is real. So how can God be be a just God and yet a saving God? You see, dear soul, the answer is found in the cross of Christ. In the atoning work of the Saviour at Calvary. When there upon the cross, God did make to meet upon him the iniquity of us all. All our sins were laid upon him. Jesus bore them on the tree. God who knew them laid them on him. And believing me, go free. You see, when I, when I look at Calvary, I see sin condemned. I see justice satisfied. I see the law magnified. I see the adversary confounded. And I see where the sinner can be saved. For Christ finished the work. You see, God, God dealt with sin on the cross. A just God dealt with sin on the cross so that a justifying God might deal with the sinner. Wonder, did you get that? A just God dealt with sin on the cross so that a justifying God might deal with a sinner on the grounds of a new and everlasting resurrection. On the cross, God, a righteous God, punished his own son. The judgment fell on Jesus' head. By his shed blood, sin's debt is paid. God's justice will demand no more, and mercy can dispense or store. What is it the poet says? On Jesus' cross, These words are grieved. Let sin be judged and sinners saved. Dear soul, you can be saved tonight because of the work that was accomplished at the cross of Calvary. You can be fitted for heaven and be right with God. Not only the grounds for Forgiveness, but the extents of forgiveness. 
You might say, well, well, how much does God forgive? Are all my sins forgiven? You see, if all my sins were forgiven, bar one, I would die in my sins and land in eternal punishment. And more than that, no matter how much praying or pain or fasting or good works that I could muster up, all of them combined could never eradicate that one sin. For that one sin can only be forgiven on the grounds of the finished work of the cross of Calvary. The only means of forgiveness, dear soul, is based, the grounds for it, is through Christ and him alone. But we want to tell you, dear friend, that God fully forgives. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. What is it, the, the, the poetic words of Hezekiah? Thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Micah, who could say, Thou hast cast all their sins into the depth of the sea. What's the words in Isaiah spoken to, to Jacob or to Israel? As blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions. And as a cloud thy sins. And we read in Hebrews. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. You see God, God doesn't forget sin. God doesn't forget. But God chooses to not remember. And he chooses to remember them no more. I wonder, dear friend, dear man or woman or boy or girl, would you just love to be in a place where you knew that your sins were totally forgiven? Where you had the remission of sins? Where you had full pardon? where you were justified, made right in the sight of God, fitted for heaven. The problem of sin. Sin, dear soul, has caused a stain. It's caused a separation. It has you in its service in the shackles of sin. Punishment and the penalty for sin lies before you. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But we want to tell you that forgiveness can be your portion. And you can know your sins forgiven this very night and go on your way rejoicing. 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. We trust that you'll consider these things and good for God's salvation while still it is the day of opportunity, while still it is the day of grace. God is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. God's longing to save you. But there's coming a day when the Lord will come and the opportunity will close and your opportunity will be missed. Now is the time, dear soul. Oh, then be wise. Oh, be saved. Why not tonight? Shall we pray? Our Father, we draw nigh to thee at the close of our meeting. We thank thee for the words of Scripture that we can open and read. We thank thee for the great redemption plan designed by God for ruined man, his blessed Son and death laid low, that we might endless life bestow. We thank thee, Father, for the one who on the cross of Calvary shed his precious blood and provided that uh, means of cleansing. We thank thee for uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanse us from all sin. We thank thee for the forgiveness that's on offer, full and free, found alone in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, for uh, those who have heard this message, those who have heard thy word that has been read. We pray that they might seek after these things, that, that they would be wise and that they would uh, consider their latter end, consider not only uh, their sin before a holy and a righteous God, and consider where they're going, but they might take, take stock of eternity and they might consider uh, all that has been accomplished at Calvary when that sinless Saviour died so that they might be offered salvation. We commit these things before thee. We ask thy preserving hand upon us as we part and take our journeys in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.